Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Tony Katz. This is Kendall and Casey. The Hammer and Nigel Show. All right, well, when does your show start? Do we know? I feel like I've been promoting this for nine years now. This is the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. Hello and welcome to the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIBC. I hope that you had a really good Christmas. I hope that you got to spend some time with your family. And I hope more than anything that it was unmolested and quiet, unlike a lot of conservatives and populists and even Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, because... Uh, there is a, I wouldn't say a new trend, but a trend that is becoming more prominent around the country called swatting that is wrecking a lot of individuals' homes and putting a lot of people in very serious danger of getting killed. So swatting comes from the term SWAT, S-W-A-T, which stands for Special Weapons and Tactics. It's like the special uh, force that is attached to a police department or a municipality, and they handle situations that are extraordinarily dangerous. So if you have some kind of a criminal, he's holed up in his house, he's holding people hostage or holed up in a business holding people hostage, you call in the SWAT team. You think of the officers dressed all in black with the body armor and the rifles, and they surround the building and they may storm the building and try to handle that kind of a situation, perhaps at a level higher than a normal, ordinary sheriff's office might do. So swatting is the process of calling the police and telling them that someone you don't like is holding someone hostage. And then the cops then thinking that that's an actual threat and that there is someone in the house of the person you don't like holding people hostage, uh, they then execute a no-knock warrant and they storm into the house and they may end up killing the individual that you kind of sicked the police on. That's the idea of swatting. Now, for a long time, you really couldn't get away with doing this for a couple of reasons. Number one, it was very hard to make truly anonymous phone calls uh, to basically relay this kind of a threat to the police without them figuring out what was going on. Number two, uh, it was very difficult to kind of do this because the cops for a long time would ask you, well, how do you know this? How do you know that this individual is getting ready to be uh, is getting ready to commit some kind of serious crime? You know, how do you know they're threatening to kill their family? How do you know this, that and the other? And for a long time, the person would have to come up with some kind of a reason why they knew uh, that someone was about to be hurt. And this included giving your name, your address and all the other things that dispatch a- asks you. Usually the problem is now. Individuals, especially, uh, for example, like yours truly, uh, who has a radio show or is doing a live stream, if you know where I am and you can tell dispatch or you can tell uh, some kind of a hotline, which there are hotlines that are set up to receive calls, um, hey, I'm watching this kind of a live stream, Uh, this is this individual, maybe you know their address, and you say they are threatening to do X, Y, and Z, then police, uh, a lot of departments have kind of believed that's a credible threat. And there have been instances in Indiana in which people have been swatted. Um, A lot of times, thank God, no one has gotten hurt. Uh, But in situations over the last couple of years, a lot of people have gotten seriously hurt and killed. The SWAT team basically 
breaks into the house, uh, goes in through the windows and the doors, and ends up shooting the owner, who has no idea that anything was was going on, uh, because some troll on the other side of the internet uh, wanted to send the police in to harass them and told the cops that there was some kind of serious and immediate danger happening on the property. So uh, it's, it's used as a way to deplatform and to harass and intimidate people, most always conservatives and populists. So, for example, a colleague of mine, Adam Gallette, over at uh, Accuracy in Media, uh, was doing a live stream, doing an interview uh, a couple of weeks ago. And again, the SWAT team showed up to his house, prompted by some kind of a tip from some online leftist, and they broke into his house. Now, I don't need to tell you about the uh, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms to tell you that a lot of federal raids have ended in families getting shot and killed because of trigger-happy officials. This can happen in SWAT raids. It has happened several times over the last couple of years, and it is starting to pick up in its uh, common occurrence. And by the way, for the record, this is exactly why the FBI labeling anyone who supported Donald Trump or or was a Christian, uh, talking about how FBI designated Catholics as, as domestic terrorists or points of interest in terrorism investigations, as well as uh, parents being labeled as domestic terrorists when they go to school board meetings and disagree with the school board. This is why that's a problem. This is why that's serious, because if you're an officer that is basically assessing whether a situation is secure or not, or is a serious danger or not, and there is some kind of a tag appended to the file of that individual that says, this is a suspected terrorist, it's going to be a lot easier for you to bust into that house and pull the trigger. Because that is a perceived threat that has some credibility to it. So what's going on around the country is people are calling in to uh, hotlines, calling into police departments and saying, I believe that this conservative, this populist, whatever, they're on the live stream, you know, they're on Twitch, they're on YouTube, uh, they're on Twitter, whatever, and they're saying, I'm going to kill my family or I see them waving a gun around. And then the police dispatches the individual to the area and or the SWAT team to the area. They try to get in contact with the individual, but guess what? The individual's doing a show, so they don't respond to the call on their cell phone, or maybe they don't even have their cell phone in there with them, and then the cops bust through and put the people at serious risk. And this doesn't just happen to to conservative or populist personalities on the air. Uh, Jack Prasobiak, um, who is uh, basically a leader over at Human Events in the Post Millennial, which is a publication, um, his parents were swatted. A couple of days ago, a lot of followers of a, a prominent um, populist online Twitter account were swatted, and Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene was also swatted. Uh, this show, I've had threats before, right around the time the show was started. Um, there were a lot of individuals in Indianapolis who really don't like me, really don't like the show. They say a lot of really gross things uh, about yours truly and my family, uh, which, you know, leftists going to act like leftists. Um, and there was a concern due to an individual uh, basically calling and making threats, uh, saying that I and those who listen to my show were going to be, and I quote, dealt with, end quote, um, that there might be a swatting attempt made on the show. So here's how you deal with swatting preemptively. And you need to know this because, again, for you, for your family, uh, if you have any kind of a presence, if you're a local official, if you do any kind of media, this is how I would recommend responding. And I actually had a conversation over the weekend with uh, former General Flynn, talking a little bit about how to respond to these kind of situations. So the first thing that I did is I contacted, because I live in Greenfield, I contacted the Greenfield Police Department and the Hancock County Sheriff's Office. And I said, look, here's the situation. There's a chance that someone might try to call in some kind of swatting. 
that in and of itself does more to protect you and your family than almost anything else you can do in this situation. Because if dispatch is saying, hey, there's a claim that this individual is on a live stream making crazy threats, and they already have it in the system that you might be at risk of being swatted, that is totally going to change the dynamic. That They sent a couple of officers over, that would be the Hancock County Sheriff's Office, and we talked for about a half an hour just about ways that they could get in touch with me. They have my, my number, they have my wife's number, they have my parents' cell phone numbers. Um, my parents may not know they have their cell phone numbers, but they could call and basically check in and ask, hey, is everything okay? We received kind of a weird claim. We're just checking in to make sure everyone's safe so that some weirdo out of Indianapolis, out of some crazed pro-trans activist can't call in and say, I'm holding my wife and my child hostage because the cops can call my wife, can call me, can call whomever and verify that that's not true. That kind of preemption, that kind of making sure that things are headed off in advance can mean the difference between you and one of these fools trying to commit attempted murder, because that's the goal here, by the way. When a SWAT team busts in and a no-knock warrant into your home, that is putting you in very serious risk of being shot. And so it is very important to understand that, first of all, there needs to be a federal statute that treats this as attempted murder. Number two, there really needs to be a system in the United States that forces individuals providing some kind of a tip regarding being swatted or regarding some kind of an active threat taking process where you have to give your name and you have to give your address to make a credible threat. And the reason you need to be forced to do that is because anonymous tips do not work like they did back in the 90s. They don't. And the risks involved are greater for those who are potentially being assaulted by a special weapons team in the police department than the individual who's making the call who might be scared that something might happen to them for making the call. Again, like I said, with, with the carjacking in D.C., when a congressman was carjacked next to the Capitol, the same thing with Marjorie Taylor Greene being swatted. When U.S. congressmen, representatives and senators start being assaulted due to really shoddy procedures and policies, it's time to take a look at the procedures and policies. We cannot be a nation in which our congressmen and which our innocent women and children are being put at risk due to basically a system whose laws have not adapted to keep up with the technology at hand. Up next, we're going to talk about the Holocaust Museum protest being canceled, as well as some of Iran's very stupid games and prizes. You are listening to the Tony Kinnecast on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hey fam, I'm asking for your support. Help us raise money for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food so they can focus on helping their child live. By pledging just $19 a month, you're helping St. Jude give every child with cancer a chance. Help St. Jude save lives. Call 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 and become a partner in hope today.
Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. Hello and welcome back to the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIBC. Doctors Against Genocide, or DAG, or DAG, or you know whatever you want to call it. It's a recent group that's been created, uh, basically trying to say that there are doctors who care about people, and they're just horrified by genocide that is happening in Gaza. No, Gaza is not happening in, in genocide. I, I'm sorry, but calculated strikes, that, that's not the definition of, of genocide. Um, please, anyone, anyone out there, uh, if, if you would like to make comments on foreign policy, um, there are books, there, there are history books, um, and they're written um, on various subjects that you might even want to learn about. In fact, there used to be these things called encyclopedias. And it was a really crazy thing. You could actually go and read about wars and crimes and atrocities that took place. And the reason you should go and read those books is because you can actually find out that um, what's going on today in the Israel-Hamas war is nothing compared to what happened in a lot of these wars. Number two, um, again... Anyone out there who is taking Hamas at their word, I know the New York Times uh, just posted a an op-ed, an opinion editorial from the mayor of Gaza City, who has stated, by the way, in the article, that he was appointed to his position by Hamas. They posted an op-ed by this guy. And of course, you know, again, whenever Hamas posts anything, there's like a three-hour window until it's proven explicitly false. And not even by Israel or by uh, pro-Zionist Jewish Americans or whatever the the conspiracy theorists are calling uh, people these days. Um, It it doesn't even take three hours for independent groups, left-leaning groups, even groups that are uh, pro-Islamic state and a lot of the worlds to discredit a lot of the garbage that Hamas is spewing. that is probably not where you should be getting your your news about the Israel-Hamas conflict. I'm just saying. Um, And I'm not saying that you should be getting your news from Israel itself either. I'm not suggesting that you only go to one side to be getting your news about a conflict. I I would suggest, though, that you be very careful uh, because otherwise you get goobers like this who say that uh, at the Holocaust Memorial Museum at 11 a.m. on December 28th, uh, this pro-Palestinian group wanted pro-Palestinian protesters, the same ones who have vandalized, um, who have burnt things down and basically engaged in these very weird um, kind of racial lynch mobs around the country. Again, I'm, I'm citing the situation in Queens in which a Jewish teacher was surrounded and uh, groups of uh, pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas protesters attempted to beat down her door and lynch her. Um, th- these kinds of groups were invited to the Holocaust Memorial Museum. So let's talk for a second here. Why would you schedule a protest outside of the memorial to Jews being systematically and racially slaughtered? Because um, it isn't about the protesting of genocide in and of itself. Um, And by the way, this group has admitted that that this is a a pro-Jewish organization. I mean, imagine. Imagine the museum that is, is holding the memory of the Jews that were slaughtered systemically, brutally during World War II. Um, being pro-Jewish, I, I, if that's the, the crime, that, that's, in, that's incredible. Um, that, that's like someone accusing the, the, soldiers and sailors mon- the Soldiers and Sailors Monument on Monument Circle in Indianapolis um, that uh, honors U.S. soldiers of being pro-Indiana soldiers and sailors. Uh, yeah, that's what the monument's set up for. But they're scheduling this big protest that says action is open to all. We encourage healthcare workers to wear white coats and uniforms, which is... Okay. Um, 
So it received immediate backlash, an immediate backlash from everyone, including Republican and Democrat congressmen and women, um, because it's very gross. It's um, again, you don't storm the Holocaust Museum to make a point. Uh, there is no individual that is um, well, that has a functioning uh, frontal cortex that would think that's a good idea. And so uh, at nine this morning, they walked it back. So it didn't take very long for this protest to fall short. So they're canceling the protest. They were supposed to go to the White House afterward, by the way, at 3 p.m. that afternoon, which is funny because the last time this group went to the White House, they defaced a bunch of U.S. property and tried uh, several individuals tried to climb the gates to rush the White House, um, which, again, uh, all of the finest people, totally not fatherless behavior right there. So here's their statement canceling the protest. They said, as doctors against genocide, we wish to address misconceptions surrounding our Holocaust Museum event, which has been misrepresented as an anti-Semitic gathering. Remember, this is just like the, the, the peaceful protest thing. Oh, they, no, these are just peaceful protests for George Floyd. I mean, sure, we've set cars on fire. And sure, you know, we've, we've dragged people screaming out of their businesses and out of their vehicles in Philadelphia. And sure, you know, we've called for the deaths of police officers and of white people, even though we can't really define what a white person is. And sure, this is all decolonization. But it's misrepresented, guys. I mean, come on. We're just, I mean, it's like when North Korea tells everyone, well, we're not a dictatorship. We're the Democrat we're the Democratic Republic of North Korea. It says Democratic Republic in the name, guys. Like, we're doctors against genocide, guys. Obviously, we're a good group. We're doctors against genocide. What, you're not against genocide? At Antifa, we're anti-fascist. If you're against us, you must be pro-fascist, guys. So, anywho, they say, the goal of our event was to visit the Holocaust Museum. Oh, to visit. Oh, now it's a visit the Holocaust Museum, to express our empathy for the horrors of that genocide. Additionally, we wanted to bring awareness to the ongoing genocide in Gaza. So a few things here. They capitalize the word genocide. You don't capitalize the word genocide. Genocide is not a proper noun. Um, number two, um, I'm sorry, but threatening to storm and protest a building does not express empathy for genocide. It just doesn't. Um, th this is like the, the individuals who went and protested and harassed uh, mothers of the uh, victims who were taken hostage and brutally raped over in Hamas. They were holding a vigil and pro-Hamas protesters went and harassed, flipped off and yelled threats at the mother of those who were raped in, uh, dragged into the Gaza Strip, never to be seen again. So they, they continue on. They say, our initial communication did not sufficiently convey this. Oh, gee, it never does leading to misinterpretations and unfounded accusations from parties with ill intentions. Oh, of course. Of course. Oh, of course. There's, there's ill intentions. Oh, man. I, if you, this is my favorite thing. If you notice that they're acting kind of gross, suddenly you have ill intentions. Every time. This is just like Dr. Claudine Gay with Harvard. Oh, it's you You noticed her plagiarism. She's just a, a strong black woman out there fighting the man. How could you notice? Um, uh, that's that's fantastic. That's that's just super duper. So they finish off by saying, at as DAG, we stand against all hate of vulnerable people, except Jews. Whether that hate comes in the form of anti-Semitism, which they spelled wrong, anti-Palestinianism, which isn't a thing, anti-black hate, there it is, um, anti-white hate, which uh, no one has ever mentioned in public ever, or any other prejudice. 
which uh, notice that they put prejudice because, again, they claim that racism is power plus prejudice. Um, so th they're not actually standing against racism or against um, bigotry against people with certain religious views. Um, they're standing against what they call prejudice. And guess what? They get to decide what the prejudice means. So if you notice prejudice, you're someone with ill intentions. But if they notice prejudice, guys, they're just they're just empathetic. You know, they're just they just have doctors and they're like against genocide, man. Like they just they just like really love people. That's why they're getting ready to storm the Holocaust Museum. Oh my gosh. It's I really hope that you guys got some rest over Christmas because uh, I tell you what, we're really gonna bring out all of the stops for New Year's. Up next, we're going to be talking about the true meaning of Christmas, that is, from people who don't believe in Christmas, who don't believe in Jesus, um, and who hate Christianity. Um, but they're going to tell you how you should celebrate Christmas, so uh, you maybe want to going to take notes for next year. You are listening to the Tony Kinnacast on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Did you know St. Jude has one of the largest pediatric sickle cell programs in the country? St. Jude freely shares the discoveries they make, and every child saved at St. Jude means doctors and scientists worldwide can use this knowledge to save thousands more children everywhere. Join me today in helping to fight sickle cell disease by becoming a partner in hope. Call now, 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. You're listening to the Tony Kennett Cast on 93 WIPC. Welcome back to the Tony Kennett Cast on 93 WIBC. I really hope that in your celebration of Christmas that you did so properly. Uh, because if you don't do so properly, then, you know, really, it's, it's just meaningless. Uh, you know, you, got, you have to really get the most out of your Christmas. And that means that if you're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, um, then you really need to remember a few very important things. Of course, that means remembering um, that according to a lot of libs on social media, on TikTok, on uh, Twitter X, on Instagram, that he was uh, a, a black, Asian, uh, trans, lesbian who was an illegal migrant immigrant in Palestine uh, who also was a Muslim. Um, so that's a compilation of the many different things that the birth of Christ was claimed to represent uh, over the last couple of days. And, uh, you know, look, we, we can obviously dig into that, but you just need to remember that these people vote, um, that people that believe that uh, Jesus was a Muslim 400 years before uh, Islam was a thing, those people vote. Um, people who believe that Jesus was a trans black Asian woman, um, those people vote. Um, my personal new favorite, because of course everything has to deal with with Palestine, is that Jesus was an illegal immigrant in Palestine. Okay, so as we have discussed before on the show in a awful tweets segment with Jerry Lopez, Indy Spanglish over on Twitter, um, Christ and his earthly parents, that being Joseph and Mary, they were on their way to Bethlehem as a member of the House of David 
uh, to be part of the census, to be taxed. So um, Caesar ordered a census, and that means counting all of the people in his empire. And so people went to their city where their like family was registered, and they were marked for census. So no, not illegal immigrants. Sorry, that one also doesn't count. Also at the time, and this is one of my personal favorites, this land was not called Palestine at the time. So a lot of people will try to claim that, well, Jesus was born in Palestine. Okay, no. First of all, that's the land of Israel. After it was the land of Israel, that place became Judea. And in fact, Herod was in charge of Judea. That was the name, uh, J-U-D-E-A. This is one of the places that we get the modern reference for people of that lineage as being Jews. That's the designation of the area, Judea. And so when you start talking about historical geography, you guys need to remember that certain regions were only certain territories and designations depending on the time. So uh, for example... Um, Just because now uh, the state is called Ohio does not mean that back in 800 AD that that state was Ohio. That's not not what that means. You know, the the borders didn't apply. There was no nation there that was saying this place around the north of the Ohio River is Ohio. It's not how that works. Uh, It matters who is in charge and what it is being called and the people who were living there at the time. That is why the whole, well, Palestinians were here first. Well, no, they weren't. Because before the the Arabs were living there as an Islamic grouping under the British designation after World War One, and then before the years of the Islamic control of the area, and then before the Roman control of Judea, and then before the Greek control that the Jews threw off in the Maccabees, that's kind of where the whole Hanukkah thing comes from, and then before that when it was the, the kingdoms of Israel that had been overthrown um, after uh, just a whole mess of kings, and, and uh, that's the whole minor prophet section of the Old Testament. See, there's all this history that goes back to what the land used to be before that. And then it was Israel. That was the, the kingdom of the Jews under David and Saul. And then before that, and so like you see, you kind of actually go back through history and it's, it's amazing. You can actually see where people came from and what cultures were present in an area due to the fact that humanity has been fighting wars forever. So putting that aside, um, the groups on the left that want to lecture you about how you need to view Jesus, who, by the way, don't believe in him, who don't believe in Christmas. In fact, there were prominent uh, posts and calls from atheist columnists all through Christmas saying, why aren't we working through Christmas? So, So first of all, Um, Anyone who's telling you that we actually should be working on a holiday needs to be slapped summarily in the face. Um, I think that the holiday of Juneteenth is a little silly. I think that we're celebrating something um, that didn't necessarily need to be a federal holiday because the things that those promoting the movement are suggesting, uh, first of all, are not historically accurate. And then at the same time, while I obviously support um, the emancipation brought forth by Abraham Lincoln, I do not think that it mandates a federal holiday, yet we don't work on that day because it's now a federal holiday. If someone says, well, we do need to work on Juneteenth, I'm going to slap them because I don't mind having a holiday on which not to work. Yet there are a lot of atheists out there who are saying that, well, they don't believe in Christmas and all of these Christians are trying to shove all of this Christianity down their throat on Christmas, which by the way, guys, um, uh, Christmas is kind of a Christian holiday. Um, and so they think that they should be working. These same people though, uh, have spent 
their Christmas holiday, along with a lot of pro-Palestinian protesters, disrupting Christmas all over the country on the 24th and the 25th. So on the 24th, a group of pro-Palestinian protesters and rioters disrupted Christmas shopping in San Francisco and Union Square that included assaulting people. Um, Five hours ago, Reuters reported in New York that basically just like a a compilation of pro-Palestinian protesters basically getting in what they called a scuffle with New York police. Um, That's Reuters' way of telling you that pro-Palestinian protesters assaulted police. And looking at this image here, it is a combination of of two groups. So you have a bunch of very progressive, skinny, like white college kids who are all wearing like the weird Harry Potter glasses and, and the colored hair. Uh, with their COVID masks on, because, you know, of course. Um, And then you have individuals who are clearly um, protesting in a pro-Islamic state fashion. And they start assaulting police officers. And so, uh, again, for all of you out there who don't understand the Philadelphia Police Department or the New York Police Department, um, while a lot of times their hands are tied, you can push the average kind of working man of the police department past his limit. And so the cops start responding. And in their response end up decking some of the protesters. And it's pretty fantastic. So um, pro-Palestinian protests in San Francisco, because, you know, of course, um, in New York, and then also in uh, on Ch- in Chicago Ridge, again, according to WGN News 9. Um, and I, I love the coverage of these events because it's pro-Palestinian protesters who are assaulting Christians and Jews on Christmas. Because the, the same groups on the right, the populists who've, who've told you so assuredly that, well, actually, Palestinians and, 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 and Iranians and, and other Islamic state supporters in the region, they actually really like Christians. They just don't like the, the pro-Zionist Jews, guys. Like, they really love Christians. Yet, um, here in the United States, the Palestinians and the Libs throw an absolute fit whenever Christians celebrate anything. So they disrupted tree lightings. They've, you know, defaced and graffiti nativity scenes. And they, of course, disrupt individuals going about their business um, on Christmas Eve and Christmas. So totally not about Christians, guys. Don't worry. Um, you know, you're, you're just kind of you're just kind of faking it, really. Yeah, it's really just such a, a loving, strong, friendly, pro-Christian movement. You know, the Islamic State that has raped you know hundreds and millions around the world. So really great stuff from the pro-Hamas crowd around the country. I do love how the news is just trying to cover these individuals as, as well, these, these kind of rallies are just, kind of, you know, people just a mix of ideas. People just feel really strongly when it's actually um, a pack of rioters that are assaulting people, assaulting police officers, uh, and then have their faces completely covered up because, uh, oh, it's totally a protest. I'm just expressing, you know, political dissent, um, which is why I covered my face up and I'm destroying property. That That's not a protest, guys. That would be a riot. Um, so while you're reading history books next week, I also would recommend picking up a dictionary um, and even an etymological dictionary. Find out where words come from and why we call things riots and protests and why they're different. Uh, stick around. You are listening to the Tony Kinnacast on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hey fam. 
I'm asking for your support. Help us raise money for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food so they can focus on helping their child live. By pledging just $19 a month, you're helping St. Jude give every child with cancer a chance. Help St. Jude save lives. Call 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 and become a partner in hope today. This is the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. I don't know how I'm going to break this to you guys because uh, this is pretty serious and uh, it's it's very unusual news. And I, I know that I, I try to keep things pretty calm here on the Tony Kinnett Cast. So I, I know this this next segment may just be a little bit stressful, but we're going to get through it together. Trump has said something, and I mean former President Donald Trump, has said something, wait for it, that people don't like. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I know, I know, Trump has said something, people, I know, just just calm down for a second, uh, sit down, um, we'll get out the smelling salts, um, go ahead and find your nearest set of pearls to clutch as tight as you can, uh, we're going to get through this together. Um, because we already had a little something like this before Christmas. That's that's why we're really taking this one seriously. Uh, Trump said before Christmas uh, that illegal immigration, specifically from the regions of Africa and Asia and uh, some of the more violent parts of South America that were poisoning the blood and the fabric of the country, uh, a lot of people didn't like that. They said it was very Hitler. Um, and then on Christmas, I, I know, I know, it's, I really should have just paused there and ended the segment out of out of mercy, out of kindness. Uh, so you'll have to forgive me. Um, President, former President Donald Trump has now told people that he doesn't like in a Christmas post to rot in hell. I I know. Um, I don't know. I don't know how we could do it either. I, just the the gall of the former president to actually tell someone. Um, how, how could how could Donald Trump do that? I, I never would have expected that someone as as calm and quiet and as measured in his speech as Donald Trump, uh, who's never once cursed before, who's who's never once said anything out of anger. Basically, he's mo- he's Mother Teresa with slightly more orange skin. I can't believe that Orange Man would tell people that he doesn't like people who he has openly said are trying to throw him in prison for life. Why would he tell them to, to rot in hell? So let's, hold on, maybe we should just get a little bit of context here. Maybe you and I can find out kind of the root of all of this, you know, kind of like the, the weird psychiatrist uh, stepdad, uh, Neil, on uh, on the Santa Claus. Let's take a moment to kind of work through this psychologically, see if we can't figure out some of the the origins to the unspeakable Hitlerian, Stalinesque, Maoist evil of Donald John Trump. So on Christmas Day... The holiest of holidays to the left. Everyone knows how much the left loves Christmas. Um, Donald Trump sent out on Truth Social, Merry Christmas to all, including crooked Joe Biden's only hope, deranged Jack Smith, the out-of-control lunatic who just hired outside attorneys, fresh from the swamp, in parentheses, unprecedented, end parentheses, to help him with his poorly executed witch hunt against, quote, Trump, end quote, and MAGA. Included also our world leaders, both good and bad, but none of which are as evil and sick as the thugs we have inside our country 
with their open borders, inflation, Afghanistan surrender, green new scam, high taxes, no energy independence, woke military, Russia slash Ukraine, Israel slash Iran, all electric car lunacy, and so much more, are looking to destroy our once great USA. May they rot in hell. Again, Merry Christmas. And the left is losing their, their mind. So my favorite part are all of the ex-evangelicals and Democrats coming out and going, oh, how, how could he say that on Christmas? On Christmas? Oh, how could he do it? I just, you just, you just got to really force these things down, guys. You just you can't let them, can't let them take over. So this is from Representative Matt Schaefer from, from Texas. He's from the U.S. Navy Reserve, so you know he, he's got to work counts. He said, Trump wishing that his enemies rot in hell on the day we celebrate Jesus' birth is the exact opposite of the gospel message of Christmas. Christians are to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. Guys, I, the problem is, is that Trump isn't acting like Jesus, guys. Uh, because we all know that when it comes to Donald Trump, we expect him to act like Jesus. Um... Look, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Do I think that Trump is is saved? No. Do I want Trump to be saved? Absolutely. Would I love for Trump to show up tomorrow to uh, my church? Um, well, not tomorrow because tomorrow, uh, well, no, tomorrow would be Wednesday. Wednesday night, yeah, Trump shows up to my church. He goes down to the altar. He accepts Christ as his savior. Would I love that more than anything in the world? Absolutely. As well as any world leader from Biden to Obama, I would love to see them accept Christ and I would love to see that transformative work begin. As it stands, though... I do not expect an unsaved man to suddenly start acting saved. I just don't. Number two, um, everyone knows that Trump is like this. Everyone knows that Trump likes who he likes and hates who he hates. And I'm sorry, but uh, at what point is Trump supposed to like go out there as his presidential campaign that is they are trying to overthrow the country and they are prosecuting me politically like no other president has been prosecuted before? And at what moment were, is he supposed to... Uh, like, just, just say, oh, this is normal, no problem, hey, easy there, it's all okay. Like, may they rot in hell is a very Trump thing to say. And I'm sorry, but I just, I'm not finding the, the pearls to be clutched here. This is, again, like the poisoning, the, the blood and the fabric thing. Um, until Trump, which, by the way, Trump overtly calls for things all the time. Trump is not coy. Trump does not make metaphors that are complex and have some kind of hidden double entendre behind them. That's not his style. It has never once been his style. I've never seen any of this. So I, I know there are a lot of colleagues on the station that I have. I know Ethan Hatcher and Abdul Shabazz. Like they're, they're fantastic dudes. And I think the world of them. But I think there are a lot of people who read way too much into what Trump is trying to say all the time. Trump is very overt in 100% of his speech. He has never once given the side eye and said something that kind of meant another thing ever. In fact, I'm pretty sure that Trump doesn't know what the word idiom or metaphor means. I don't think that those are in his lexicon. He says what's on his mind. That is one of the reasons why populists around the country adore the man. And again, I'm sorry. I'm not going to clutch my pearls because Trump thinks that his mortal enemies should rot in hell. Again, a phrase that has been used by like everyone at one point or another. Goodness gracious, driving down 465 with the windows open, you can hear the phrase go to hell uttered at least 26 times between I-69 and I-65. So if we're all going to sit here and pretend that, oh, this is, how could he say that's not very Christianly? When has Trump professed to be Christianly? I, I'm sorry, like when, when is Mother Teresa supposed to waltz out 
and of the White House when when Trump is is president. And we're supposed to see this benevolent, hugging everybody, good old boy, just real friendly, shucksy doodles kind of Mitt Romney, Paul Ryan style character. When has anyone ever wanted that out of Trump? I'm just I'm not seeing it, guys. Although he he's Christmas is actually about love and friendship and Hallmark movies and snuggles with Santa. Oh, I I'm sorry. I did what I um I did not elect Marco Rubio to the White House. I don't want a pastor in chief. I just don't. I'm sorry. I don't want the political leader of this country to be telling me how I should be a Christian. And in the same time, I, I I'm sorry, but the people who think that. Uh, the Bible that I read should be thrown in the trash. No, they don't get to lecture individuals on on their kind of language or character as regards to Christianity. I'm not going to listen to some ex-evangelical who thinks that all the church is good for is going in and seeing songs and then vaguely referencing sort of God, maybe. Because the gospel's you know far too strong. And you don't want to actually preach on sin or any of the, the bad things out in the world. I'm sorry, that crew I'm, I'm not going to take theological advice from. At a time when I'm not really looking for, again, I, at what point here am I supposed to say that Donald Trump needs to be a perfect Christian? When has that ever been a standard for the president of the United States? And if it were a standard for the president of the United States, why are people who do not like Christians lecturing me on what I should find valuable in a leadership, uh, leadership position for Christianity? I'm, I'm sorry. And by the way, the things that, that Trump was suggesting may rot in hell, uh, those are kind of playing pretty well with what people in this country on the left and right are upset with. Let's go back over those, shall we? The thugs we have inside our country. Crime is at a serious high point, and a lot of people are sick of it. People are sick of the leadership style from Joe Hogsett and Ryan Mears all the way out to Gavin Newsom in California and Eric Adams in New York City. People don't like the violent crime that is basically getting DEI tut-tutted. Not to mention, he said, open borders. Yes, open borders. We, we are looking at a record number of illegal immigrants in our country, hundreds of thousands. We are at a point where we cannot properly measure the number of people entering this country. We could be looking at a point where we could be getting closer to 1 million illegal immigrants into this country a year, and the Biden administration has done nothing. Not largely nothing, not kind of nothing. They have done nothing. And so if Trump says that the creators of these policies can rot in hell in very Trump-esque fashion, I'm sorry, I'm not offended, and neither is the voting electorate. The whole Trump is really mean, so everyone should not like him shtick ain't working. And it's just not. So as long as we continue to try this, more people are going to be disillusioned to all of the school marm posturing. It ain't working. Thanks for tuning in this evening. We'll see you tomorrow. This is the Tony Kinnick cast on 93 WIBC.